here. Uh, uh huh. All right, y'all got anything you want to talk about other than uh, my one day a week work schedule? Anything on your mind? Yes, ma'am, we are. What's interesting you in there? So I'm going to jump right to yours. Um, this text that we have, I'm going to read the whole gospel text, but you'll see just how many different places you could run with this thing. And so we're just going to focus in on yours then. Um, let me read the whole text and kind of see where we're at for the day, and then we'll, we'll grab uh, the empty house. All right, so the gospel of, of St. Luke, chapter 11, uh, beginning at verse 14 through 28. Luke 11, 14 to 28. And it reads, Now Jesus was casting out a demon that was mute, And when the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and all the people marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. While others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul. And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through the waterless places seeking rest. And finding none, it says... I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and it brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the person is worse than the first. And as he said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you, and the breasts at which you nursed. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. All right, so you see how many things just, that, that's... That's loaded. Um, so Claire said she had a friend that, that mentioned this, this empty house talk, that, that after the unclean spirit is cast out, if it is left vacant, seven more come in, seven more unclean spirits come in, and the, the last state is finally worse than the first. You had a friend who said, every time you skip church, you get seven demons in you. All right. Um, I actually want to start at the last word of the text and work our way backwards to, to deal with that. Um, blessed, rather, are they who hear the word of God and keep it. Let's start here. Um, because let, there is a place where this is on the right path, and then there's that little word keep that twists the whole thing in on itself and makes it really ugly. So let's, let's start here. Um, is there such a thing as um, indifferent Christianity? And this is what we're going to talk about today. No. Like, I'm sorry. There, there's no such thing as, as an indifferent Christian. Um, you either believe this or you don't. Jesus said, if you are not with me, you are against me. And that doesn't mean if you are against me, you are against me. And if you're nothing, you're nothing. If you are not with me, this is what you are. 
against me. He who does not gather with me scatters. Is there a place where we are actually called to gather with our Lord? Yes. Um, let's talk then, um, establishing this. Um, where's, your, where's your exorcism? Because all of you were exorcised. Good, you know it. Baptism. Baptism is an exorcism. So the Roman Catholics do this thing um, wholly in the, the, um, the opus operandi, the, the, in the doing of the thing. If you have the right magic words and the right magic elements, you will make this thing happen simply by doing it. And so um, for a long time, um, I, like I told you where hocus pocus came from, right? The magic words. Hocus corpus meum. This is my body in Latin. Um, during the words of institution. Um, they thought that the priest was doing a spell. His magic Jesus powers. We don't believe that it's, it's a magic spell where you can make God do what you want if you know the right words. We believe that God has a will and he wants his will done. But well, where is God's will done? God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature, which do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. And when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die, this is his good and gracious will. That's our catechism, right? All right, so um, when God says then, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, he's not saying, this is a magic spell that casts out demons. He's saying, I don't want demons to win. And so I'm giving you this gift that keeps you free from them. And it's a slim difference. But the whole force of it is going to start to fall on, if you skip church, do you get seven demons? Simply in this. Is it your will that's keeping the demons at bay, or is it God's will that's keeping the demons at bay? If it's God's will, that's a different thing than if it's your will. If you want this to be your will, well, let's, let's be really, really honest then about this third commandment business. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear it and learn it. And that doesn't just mean don't skip church, by the way, because if you really want to double down on this thing, that also means every last time you space out when I preach at you, seven demons. You know why? If you want to make it on you and your will, you, you willed to think about lunch rather than Jesus. Let's just keep digging with the law and see where it gets us. Um, so then to fix it, you have to, by your will, recast them out. By your will to come to church and observe something, by, by your will to, um, to have a, an exorcism, by your will to, to even just say be gone um, or, or whatever else that, that you choose to say does this thing for you. Start rather with God's will in all of this. It becomes a much, much different thing. And so let's start with this little word, keep. Are, are you kind of following me as we lay this thing out? Questions? If you want to make this on you, I mean, yeah, absolutely. The wages of sin is death. And so fine, let's talk about what it means to skip church. It is a sin. Let's talk about what it is to despise what you hear at church sin. Um, will the devil do things with that? Sin breaks stuff. He's content to do that. Um, and we can even go then to the, the indifferent Christian. There is no such thing. Um, there, there's just not. Um, and so you can find people, some of the most militant atheists I've ever met in my entire life were raised Christian. Almost all of them were hurt by the church in some way, shape, or form. You, you don't become that mad at something you don't think exists unless there's a lot of pain behind it. You guys are never, like, just screaming to the high heavens about how awful unicorns are. I've never once heard it. Seriously, none of you guys curse Odin. I, I just, I'm, I'm not hearing you guys angry at things you don't believe in. 
they're not even necessarily angry. Um, they're angry at what was done wrong to them. And here you start to see where the indifference that sparked from it grew into hatred. So let's do, um, let's do like the worst possible youth group. All right. So let's start with Sunday school. Uh, let, let's raise a child to be indifferent towards his faith. It's a good practice for us to see it happen. We're going to make him come to Sunday school. Why? That's what kids do. No answer other than that. Do parents go to Bible study? No. This is what kids do. Do they even come to church? Not often. But kids still come to Sunday school, no matter what. And then we're going to make them go to confirmation. And at the dinner table, we're going to talk about Nebraska football, not the catechism. So, as soon as they get out of confirmation, what do they stop paying quite as much attention to? The catechism. The teachings. They'll maybe come once in a while, but they're already pretty indifferent towards it. Um, they get to college, and they said, this is, first of all, something only bigots and hateful people believe. Also, it's way less fun than these particular activities. You see it starting to grow. Then you focus in on one little bad thing that happened in the church, because there's, there's bad stuff that happens in the church. And sometimes it's not a little bad thing that happened. I mean, you go to, how many people are, are just militant atheists, angry at God because of the molestation stuff that happened in the Roman Catholic Church? How many watched a minister embezzle in a Protestant church because he's the guy who does everything? He's the money counter. He's the budget guy. He's everything. Yeah. They're shacked up or something else. Or even told just to, let's address this in a godly way. And they don't want to do a godly way. They want to rent a building. Yeah, sure. Now it's confrontation. Like, you understand that this is what happens with indifference. Um, it, it, it is spurned into this. So let's do the word keep. Because the word keep is, is actually how we unlock this whole thing. The little words are, are super important. And we've done this before. Um, I have something very important in my hands. It's my coffee. I can't preach with it. It's just not right. So when I have to go... And, and, and do liturgy, and do sacrament, and, and preach. Will you keep my coffee for me? Do I mean obey this cup? What do I mean? Keep it safe, treasure it. Keep means treasure. Okay? So, let's start there. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. The word of God does command you to come to church and receive his gifts. Is that law or gospel? Lutheran says yes. Um, good Lutheran. Um, because the law does say, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Why does God want you here? So that he can give you gifts. If I give a, a starving man a, a sandwich and I say, take, eat, this is a sandwich for you. Is that law or gospel? Yes. Let's be careful with our distinctions. I, I mean, sometimes we're setting them up in just dumb places, guys. Um, this word keep. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and treasure it. Who hear the word of God and love it. Who hear the word of God and tr trust it. So, here's the thing. Will you, as a, as a sinner, still love God? Trust God. What's the problem? 
I, I can sure keep the law. There it is. We, let's talk about our human nature, which is corrupted by sin, which means that, yes, there is a part of me that does not just want to keep, but even obey God's law. And there's also a part of me that says, eh, no. And not just eh, no, but absolutely not. How are you kept by God's word? The Holy Spirit calls, gathers, enlightens, sanctifies, and, and keeps you. So, if there's a, a, a keeping, then, this is something that sinners do. Sinners keep God's law. You know how come I know this? Because you're sinners, but you're also here, trusting in God's word. You find joy in God's word, and, and you find joy in God's word because it is a balm to the damage done by your sin. It is the forgiveness of your sin. The reason that you love this stuff so much is that it speaks peace to all the things that are wrong. And that's why you love it. You know you sinned. I can give you the law if you don't. Let's, let's honestly talk about it. But if you know that you are a sinner who has earned God's contempt, his wrath, his punishment, if you know that you are completely overwhelmed by everything going on around you, and here our Lord promises to be for you, you're not here because you say, God, show me how great I am. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's to treasure it. If you want to do it the other way around, let's go to the beginning of this. Luke eleven fourteen. What happens when this whole thing starts? What's Jesus doing? How does he do that? His word? What's he say? Yeah, get out of there. So who's a better listener? Um, the demons are people. You want to do it on obedience. The demons are better Christians than you. Is that, is that good? <laughs> like, I mean, obviously, we can certainly be convicted by the law by this. But, but um, more than that, is this a measurement of true and proper and meat and salutary faith that you obey? The demons obey. Do they trust do they find joy? Are they happy when Jesus walks in the room? The peace of the Lord be with you always, and you behold the body and blood of Jesus. It's not just obey will you chew on it for a while. Do you find joy in it? Is there peace in it? Is there trust in this gift? Because our Lord has promised to be here for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Here's the distinction. Do you see those two different ways to do this text. One, you literally have to say, then the demons are the best Christians there are because they obey God's word. The devil is the best Christian there is because he has never once skipped church on a Sunday. I guarantee it. You know why? Because if he wants to hunt Christians, he goes where Christians gather. If you want to hunt deer, you go to the woods. The devil is better at obedience because whenever Jesus speaks, he seems to listen. Whereas the Pharisees who say they love God really sort of struggle, and we're not different. So, if you skip church, do seven demons enter? Let's not entirely equate your actions with the sum of your faith. Let's, let's start where it's right and then stop before it gets wrong, if that makes sense. In other words, is it a good thing or a bad thing to skip church? Yeah, it's a bad thing. Like, I understand there's lots of buts and excuses and couldn't help it. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? That's how we deal with the law. And that cuts through all the garbage. 
Because everybody has a great excuse. Everybody has a great intention. Let me just, this thing that happened, was it a good thing or a bad thing? It drives people nuts. Um, because I'm not, I'm not smart enough to deal with all this, this intellectual excusery and nonsense that comes with it. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? And you can do it with a bajillion things. The, the question is, what do you have to say ultimately once you say it's a bad thing? And why is it so hard to say it's a bad thing? Because we're afraid that that means there's no help. Me, you, Christian, is it a good thing or a bad thing that you're a sinner? What's a bad thing? Why can you say it then? Because your Lord calls you. That has to be your peace. It's a bad thing to skip church. And you know what? If you make a habit of it, bad things come from it. Sin breaks stuff. Not just for you either, by the way. Um, if you want to know why kids struggle to come to church after confirmation, um, look at what the parents do. If I teach you that Sunday school is something that children go to and not grown-ups, and confirmation is a thing that you have to learn, but not me, what did you expect to happen? I am sorry, but this is a, a pattern that, that you've laid out all the way through. And it's not just religion. You know why I like the Cleveland Browns? Because it's super easy to be a fan of them. Really? Why do I like the Cleveland Browns? You have no idea? What was talked to me about at the table? What was shared with me as a child? I was born in Cleveland. I was raised a Browns fan. They took my team from me for a little while. And this is where my dad and I parted ways because I needed a new team. And so I tried to grab it. Uh, I, I hopped on a bandwagon. The Packers were real good right then. And I was in kind of central Illinois, so it was either the Bears or the Packers. Um, so I, I hopped on the Packer bandwagon, and my dad was not happy. He, he did his very best to support me and love me. But, like, we, we, we divided on this. And I was a better Browns fan than I was a Packers fan because I was only happy when the Packers won, but I'm a Browns fan when we go 0-16. And like we can do it with sports, we can do it with a hundred other things. Do it with art, do it with music, do it with politics. If you raise this thing and say, this is just for children, well, cool. So are bedtimes. And so as soon as kids get to college, what time do you go to bed? Okay. So if you want to do this thing, again, solely and completely on, on these patterns, it's a bad thing to skip church. And, and when you form bad habit, bad patterns, bad things do come from it. If you are, are in church every single Sunday and then you miss one, do you feel weird? Yeah. If you are out of church every single Sunday and you have to go, do you feel weird? Huh? I, you sit right with me and you watch them. You know they feel weird. Watch them sit like this. I, I know, um, and, and I'm not happy, and I'm not mocking. Like, I'm frustrated, because honestly, the very best thing in the world you guys can do, like, if you want to help me, because I have to be up here. If you see somebody uncomfortable in church, why don't you sit by them? I know that this is your pew. Sit by them. Let them know that they're welcome here, loved here. If they don't know how to work a hymnal, let them copy your notes. I mean, it goes all the world. And I say this as a kid that had no idea and sat there like this in church. Sit by somebody. Tell them it's good that they're here. Not, I hope you sign the guest book um, because they're members and you haven't seen them in a while. Not, you know, some joke about, I best you really messed up this week. Some garbage like that. Lean into what's good, not what's evil. 
if you skip church for one week, are you going to hell? So here's where we can say, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? It's a bad thing. Is Jesus merciful towards sinners? Is Jesus merciful even towards the indifferent? Yes. Does Jesus, he doesn't like the indifference. He doesn't like the sin. He loves you so much that he's there to die on the cross for you. So does seven demons enter in every time you skip church? By no means. Um, unless it means obey. Keep obey. Keep means treasure. When you don't care about this anymore, that's a bad sign. And, and yeah, that's, that's right for something awful. Absolutely it is. So I, this is how you can kind of start through it. Ask somebody, is it a good thing or a bad thing that you miss church? And then they say it's a good thing. Okay. I, I guess there you have, have made very much a statement. And I've, I've come across that. Like, I, honestly, is it a good thing or a bad thing that you weren't in church on Sunday? It's a great thing. Pastor, I only get one day off a week and I got to spend it with my family. And I said, oh, what's it like only having one day off a week? I mean, we make jokes about me only working one, but, I mean, truth is, we're, we're into the third week in Lent, and so it's been about a month since I've had a day off. That's okay. Easter will come. I'll sleep. It's fine. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? This is how we start to sort through. The demons are those who call good evil and evil good. Every single time. They obey. But watch what they do. They call good evil and evil good every single time. And they tempt us to do the same. Luther caught on to this very early in his life. Um, there, was, there was something called the Heidelberg Disputation very early in Luther's career. And uh, he, he talked about it and he kind of put it down afterwards because it's sloppy theology, but it's not bad theology, where he talked about the theology of the cross and the theology of glory. And the theology of glory says, unless it feels good, it's not godly. And it always ends up calling evil things good and good things evil. But if you actually want biblical language, Paul, um, I, I want to say in the Corinthians, but it might be the Ephesians. I'm blanking on the verse right now. Forgive me. But he talks about a people who glory in their shame. What does it mean to glory in their shame? In their shame. Not just their weakness. Hmm? No, these are unbelievers who do this thing to glory and their shame. You want to pick one. Um, watch people celebrate sin and call it good. That's what it is to glory in the shame. Go to the thing that should make you feel ashamed and say, are, are you so ungodly that you call it a good thing? And again, this isn't to attack somebody else for attacking you. But to recognize that when you are willing to call evil good and good evil, there's a, a difference in perspective that is so deep that that's going to have to be addressed before we can actually start to talk about the faith. Precisely. They're dead to their conscience. Good. Right. Yeah, shame's a good way to shut a person up. Like, honestly, guilt will talk a lot because guilt has to lay fault somewhere else. Guilt will not shut up. Shame, as soon as you get shamed, just right away. When you actually start to celebrate it, to sing out about it, something, something twisted has happened. And this is also where the demons work. So go to Jesus' temptation a couple weeks ago. The things that Satan always called good, were they good or not? 
Bow to me and you can have whatever you want in this world. Make the Bible subject to your will. Throw yourself down from here. You see where this pattern goes. So, I mean, you can sort through this thing. Um, and, and here we, we do this, this sort of do identity that, that you went to right away when, when you're talking about this person in their house. Um, can you find identity outside of your own works? This is the real question. If you're the kind of Christian that can't find identity outside of your own works, well, okay. You made the bed. Skip church, seven demons. Lie in it. If your identity, though, is in your baptism... I'll say, there's a, a bajillion things I did wrong this week. Um, let, let's, I mean, you want to lay them out, fine. But my identity is this, washed in the blood of the Lamb, forgiven by Jesus who bled and died for me and for you. And you can be a part of this too. Because our identity has always been in what God does for us and names us, not what we do for God or name ourselves. So, so sort through it. I, I mean, just ask, is it a good thing or a bad thing you miss church? The second they say it's a good thing, I mean, there's, there's your empty house that got filled up. But to those, you miss church. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Bad thing. And I'm not saying that you should feel and just beat yourself to death over this thing. Um, take it to your Lord where he gives it to you, where he gives it to you peace and mercy. Um, this is why we have um, more than once a week forgiveness, by the way. How does the Lord operate in forgiveness other than Sunday mornings? The Lord's Prayer is a good one. Yeah, forgive us our trespasses. And our catechism tells us that um, we should plead guilty of all sins, even those we are not aware of, as we do in the Lord's Prayer. But also, to the pastor, we should confess those sins which we know and feel in our hearts. In other words, do you think that God sits up in heaven and says, you know what, I'm forgiving sins one hour a week. You messed up on a Tuesday, I just want you to feel awful all week long. That's what you get. And so really what you should learn is, if you're going to sin, sin towards a Friday. That's why we do it on the weekend, right? Because, you know, that way you only got to feel awful about Friday night for like a day and a half. Then you get to come in church. Tuesday, nobody gets drunk on a Tuesday. No. You make jokes about me working one day a week, but here's the thing. Why do you have a pastor seven days a week? Call me. Text me. Say, I need to come talk to you. This tugs at my conscience. And I get to tell you, in the stead and by the command of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's private confession. Not as, again, a, a, a mandated right, but simply an acknowledgement that confession isn't bound to an hour a week. And if you happen to be the only one in the room, I'm still going to speak it to you. That's really the question. If you go to a buffet and you're the only one there, are they going to bring out everything? No, they're not. Huh? Watch what happens when you go there when it's crowded, though. Everything's fresher. Everything, everything keeps coming out. If you're the only one there, yeah, that, that's full. But when did it get set there? We act like God is sort of less pleased to deal with us in small numbers. Find me that in the scriptures. If, if it was just you in this room, me and his gifts, would that take away from anything? In fact, our Lord would love to be here. I sure will. You know why? Because I worked for more than just a Sunday morning to write it. <laughs> you know, when I start preaching 45 minutes like a Baptist, you and me can talk. Um, 
I get uncomfortable with it. Right. Seven verses, Pastor, seriously. Good. Good. I'll split them in half and do something in between, but yeah. I don't like this. I, I get uncomfortable with it. I do. Um, huh? You want me to talk faster? Is what? You, <laughs> you want me to talk? I'll t- I can talk faster. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Helps you pay attention. Jack, get it. Hmm. Gathered what? Keep going with that. There, thank you. In my name. We always love to say two or more are gathered, and it's not that. Because two or more can be gathered to go watch. Like, me and, and my kids uh, and, and my wife, we watched Spider-Man last night. And we're all gathered. It was that church. It was awesome. It was a good movie. I recommend Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, but it was not church. Where two or more are gathered in my name, I am with you. So let's, let's start where Christians gather in the name of the, I don't know, that's why we start the way that we do. God is here for you. This is a safe place for you. This is a place where you bring everything that... For you. And, and so it's a good thing to come here. That, that's what we're talking about today. And in fact, that's, that's getting after where we're going. Does that kind of deal with how to address... Good. The little words matter. They really do. You want to make it yours? Measure by the demons. Um, see how that goes. Like if, if it's yours to obey, the demons are better at it. Um, and so clearly what has happened is every time a, a demon skipped church, they got seven more demons, and then, but the demons would never skip church. And, and so you see how confusing it gets as soon as you want to make it upon your obedience. In Jesus' own words here. Right. Yeah, you saw right through it. Yeah. Keep is, is treasure. Like, don't twist words around just for church. They, they mean the same thing. They, they do. Words mean things. It matters. Um, and, and so when we, when we redefine words differently so that we can get away with something, it's, it's a bad idea. And you can do it other places in the world too. Do it with love. That's the other place where it starts to happen. What does love mean? Love is, is I'm going to sacrifice for you. I'm going to treat you as better than me. That, that's love. When we redefine it to lust, it's easier to say. Like, honestly, it's way easier to say. Because it, it means I don't have to hurt. It means I can benefit from. But all of a sudden, we, we've twisted around so much that the word has, has stopped meaning things to a lot of people or means very dangerous things. Any other questions on this text? Concerns? I'm going to stop here then. That was good. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you all for your time.